Right now it is 23 to 10. Francesca Rudkin's here with our movie picks for this week. Kia ora. Okay, I think she's there somewhere. Let's have a listen to Kate. Jesus, Kate, what happened to you? I missed. I think I was poisoned before the hit. V, who was the target? The grand honcho of the Yakuza. How much time do I have? 14 hours, maybe 15. <laughs> Kate, it's going to be okay. Mm, okay, this is on Netflix, and um, it's a story, Francesca, about an assassin. It certainly is. It's kind of like a female version of John Wick meets Kill Bill with a touch of Blade Runner aesthetics thrown in, if that makes sense. (laughs) So Kate is an assassin. A job goes wrong. She wants to retire. She becomes attached to one of her latest victims, teenage daughters. Um, And um, unfortunately, she's in a business where people don't like you to retire. So once she's announced she wants to retire, she is poisoned with this radiation and she has 24 hours left to live and she decides to set things Mm -hmm. right and get a little bit of revenge. So this is set in Japan. Um, It's a um, set, uh, it's kind of got a very stereotypical kind of cyberpunk underground image of Japan. I was quite intrigued to read some of the Japanese reviews about it actually and they very much think it's quite an old-fashioned kind of view of the underground society and culture. You know, it's all samurai and ninja and sushi and things. Um, But, you know, they accept it's made for a global market and the filmmakers want it to look really cool. Mary Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she stars as Kate and she is awesome and she's fantastic in this role. What I liked about it, um, Jack, is I mean it gets all very it's all very predictable and you've kind of seen it before. But what I did like about it was if you like action films, mm. you feel the action. It's not all quick, fast, slick moves. You actually feel the hits and you can kind of see the energy that's going into yeah. it. It's quite visceral. So I think if you you know, if you really enjoyed John Wick, then here's a female version for you. Okay. Cool, that sounds good. That's uh, Kate. It's on uh, Netflix. Uh, Also on Netflix, let's have a listen to Schumacher. Oh, no, we don't have that. Um, (laughs) Tell us about Schumacher. I will tell you about Schumacher. I I don't know about you, but um, my dad loved Formula One, and I kind of grew up with it in the background. And while I am by no means an expert on Michael Schumacher, I can remember the controversies, the Mm. nudges, um, you know, the the success and the attitude that he was kind of known for. And this film was a wonderful and quite sympathetic reminder of his incredible talent. And it starts from his childhood. And one of the things that was quite unique about him in the in the motorsport world is that he came from a very ordinary background. His parents weren't wealthy at all they ran a go-kart track um, and you know normally to get into the business to get into that industry Mm. you need to have a bit of money to help you get in there but he was just he was he was a bit lucky and he got some great opportunities and he took them and you know his talent was obvious from the beginning I mean really Lewis Hamilton's the only one who's kind of surpassed him so we follow his career through Benetton Ferrari and Mercedes Um, it is a very as I say sympathetic film a lot of people um, participate in this film I think everybody is very much aware of Michael Schumacher's situation now in the way that they're responding to things. Yeah. Um, you know, the family's always felt that private is private and the family does feature in the film, but we don't really have any better understanding of how Michael Schumacher is doing right now. 
Um, what I liked about this film was you, you just kind of learned about the what there was a it was a great. Um, I'm not sure who made the comment at the end, but it kind of summed up why he stood out from everybody else so much. And someone said, you know, he never, he didn't back off on the track, but he knew his limit, which kind of made him fearless. When everybody else was kind of having a moment of, oh, hang on, hang on, yeah. he, he just he just knew where he sat on that track. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, 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 and I think it was another really interesting comment by his son who's gone into um, motor racing as well. And he makes the comment about his dad, which does tell you a little bit about um, his, maybe his state at the moment. He said, you know, I wish my dad was kind of with me now as he was when we were kids, because mm. we're finally speaking the same language. I, I understand we're doing, you know, I'm doing what he did and I get it. And we could have a whole different kind of relationship now. We'd, we'd speak the same language. And I thought that was, you know, and he makes the comment, he, he thinks, you know, the whole thing's terribly unfair, which of course it is. But yeah, but yeah no, fascinating. But but I, I think if you enjoy sport, it's just a wonderful reminder of what incredible talent he was. Nice. Okay, that's Schumacher. So that's on Netflix as well. Kate and Schumacher, both on Netflix. And if you are lucky enough to be alert level two, you can go to the movies. Let's have a listen to The Lost Leonardo. There are only about 15 Leonardos known. To say I have found a picture like this is just so far-fetched. You're just going to look like a fool. This is the most improbable story that has ever happened in the art market. It's not even a good painting. Okay, this is a film about Salvatore Mondi. Yeah, so this is a documentary. I highly recommend it. And you don't even really need to be an art fat, you know, love art to enjoy this story because it has everything. It has, it it has Russian oligarchies. It has money laundering. It has uh, free ports. It ha it just it just has it all. The story starts off in two thousand and five. Uh, a painting is found in New Orleans and. In New Orleans, and the, the people who buy it think, "My goodness, we know this is from the 15th century, but it, or from the 1500s, but this looks like it could be the work of Leonardo da Vinci." And off we go. And in 2017, this painting sold for 450.3 million US oh, dollars, and yet it's, people still cannot yeah. decide whether it really is painted by the hand of Leonardo da Vinci or one of his followers or his students or whatever. The story is fascinating um, it, from beginning to end. It, it really is, as as you heard um, Evan Baird say there, an improbable story. And the documentary is really well told because it is quite a complicated story as well. Evan Baird's actually our guest um, after 11 tomorrow on the Sunday session. He's going to try ah. and explain to us how this painting, which could possibly be yeah. the male version of the Mona Lisa, um, had, you know, the, the, the journey that it went on and and um, and how it ended up being sold for four hundred and fifty million. Oh, it's an incredible story. That's Great so doco. good. Enjoy yeah. Okay. Thing. Cool. Um, that sounds that sounds awesome. So that's in cinemas. The Lost Leonardo. We'll put all of Francesca's films up on News Talk ZB's website. Thank you so much, Francesca.